Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fantasy Consigliere Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Chapin. As stated last week, most have their fantasy seasons end in week 17, so this final episode will be geared more towards dynasty leagues. If you're still playing in a redraft league for week 18, we have full rankings on wolfsports.com, and those will be updated through Sunday morning. So this episode will go through each position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end, and I'll give recommendations of players to invest in, including some guys that maybe aren't fully on the radar, that simply haven't gotten much of a shot yet. That's sort of been a theme for players around the league this season, especially a quarterback. So the dynasty rankings around this time sort of get reset, with opportunity not being quite as important, because games aren't going on until September now, aside from week 18. So the example for this year would be Kyron Williams. Last year, he was written off by many. He had an ankle injury. People thought he was too small, but now he's looking like a high-end RB1 for 2024 and a definite RB1 in Dynasty Leagues. So the goal with this episode is trying to hit on other players like that. We were very high on Williams, so this episode will include various recommendations. And it's important to note that we at Wolf Sports scout players coming out of college like an NFL team would. So basically everyone looks at things from a fantasy lens, but we have a real life perspective, which then allows us to hit more for fantasy purposes. So I'm hopeful that this episode and our dynasty rankings in general are able to allow you to find hits before they break out. So let's jump right in at quarterback. In terms of real life NFL scouting, this is probably our best position with hits over the years, such as Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, and Brock Purdy, among others. As we've seen this season, the situations do matter for quarterbacks especially. Bryce Young did not have a great one in Carolina, but he's someone we still have as a QB1 option in Dynasty formats. He showed flashes a couple of weeks ago, and the hope is that Ben Johnson or another bright offensive coach will end up coming to Carolina. And if that's the case, I think a lot of people will be looking foolish for some of the things they've said about Young. So now is the best time to buy low before the Panthers hire a coach that would increase Young's outlook. In general, it looks like the 2024 quarterback class should have at least three or four guys that will be definite starters with QB1 potential, but it's important to hit on the right ones, and that goes for young quarterbacks as a whole. This year, many were on the Sam Howell hype train, but it seems highly unlikely that he will be a starter in 2024. We'll have to see what happens in the draft. But Will Levis, I could see being in a similar situation if Tennessee doesn't draft a quarterback. So it's key to not only invest in the right players, but to avoid investing in the wrong players. And that's where our rankings can definitely help. So I just want to touch on two guys that probably won't be getting hyped up by anyone this offseason. First, the more veteran option would be Jimmy Garoppolo. I would assume Las Vegas will move on under a new regime. But if Sean Payton and the Broncos don't end up drafting someone, it's easy to imagine Jimmy G being a target for them. Peyton wants someone that will run the offense and stay on schedule. And that's a reason that Garoppolo has been so highly thought of by some of the top offensive coaches in football. So if you want a potential bargain this offseason, Garoppolo is a good veteran option. And then the other one that I still believe in is Jake Fromm. I thought he might start last week when Jacoby Brissett was injured in practice, but the commanders went back to Howe. So unlikely that Fromm will get a shot in the season finale versus Dallas. But this season saw plenty of backup options emerge. Josh O'Dodds for a bit, Mason Rudolph, Jake Browning. And all it takes sometimes is a guy getting a shot. I think Fromm, if he gets one, would be able to take advantage. 
He was excellent in the preseason. So for a guy that's basically free, Fromm is worth taking a flyer on as an end-of-bench option. And all it would take is one coaching staff to see what Fromm did in the summer to take a chance on him as the clear number two for a team, which is one of the most important positions on the roster. Even just watching the Rose Bowl yesterday, Kirk Herbstreit brought up how Fromm beat Baker Mayfield and Oklahoma in a semifinal matchup. But Fromm has high-end accuracy, leadership, processing skills, some underrated mobility, and can shine in big moments. So we'll see if he eventually gets a shot for an extended period of time in a good situation. At running back, the high-end players to invest in are three young speedsters in Jameer Gibbs, Travis Etienne, and Devon Achan. Gibbs, I don't think we've moved in our dynasty rankings all year. We have him as the overall RB4 and the number 10 overall player, and that's with quarterbacks in the top 10 also. And anyone that criticized Detroit for taking him has been proven wrong, and Gibbs should be a high-end RB1 next season. For ETN, talent isn't the issue at all. He just needs featured workloads every week, which happened in last week's win with Trevor Lawrence out, and he should have at least three more seasons of elite production in Jacksonville. And for Achan, the concern will be durability, but he has rare strength for his size, he routinely seems to fall forward on contact, even versus bigger opponents. And Raheem Mostert has injury issues of his own and is definitely getting up there as a running back. So we view HN as a no-doubt RB1 in the perfect situation playing for Mike McDaniel. For more of the RB2, RB3 tier, this could be a shaky spot where guys could fall off quickly if they either end up in the wrong situation or they're misjudged by the industry in terms of their talent level. But our top option around this range is Zach Charbonnet. The problem with him is being stuck behind Kenneth Walker, who is an elite talent of his own. But we love Charbonnet coming out of UCLA. And investing in talent is the most important thing. So now is the time to buy low and hope that he sees more work in 2024 and could be a high-end RB1 if Walker were to ever miss an extended period of time. And then for the bargain options that have maybe been written off, the top guy is Isaiah Spiller for the Chargers. He's still very young, won't turn 23 until August, and it would be a surprise if Austin Eckler was back for Los Angeles. It sounds like Jim Harbaugh might be getting that Chargers job, but no matter who LA gets, I'm sure it'll be a good hire. And Spiller showed a three-down skill set at Texas A&M, and I think he could shine if given the opportunity to lead the backfield with the offensive line, which has good players, hopefully being fixed by a new coaching staff. The other two options that I would invest in, Israel Abanaconda, and Trey Sermon. For Bonaconda, he'll be assured of a roster spot next season. Aaron Rodgers last Thursday night talked him up as an option behind Brees Hall, and Hall is expected to be the workhorse, but Bonaconda has tremendous big playability and could be an excellent change of pace option with high-end handcuff appeal. So whether or not you're a Brees Hall owner, I'd want to get Bonaconda on the bench. And for Sermon, his situation is much more up in the air, but he's shown well with Indy down the stretch this season. And I don't think it would be crazy for a team to sign him as a potential starter, as someone dating back to his college days that has been better with more touches. So that might be a long shot, but the point is the talent is there. And as repeated time and time again, that's the most important thing. So I'll be tracking where Sermon ends up this offseason. At wide receiver, three of the young players, first or second year wideouts that we've been highest on, in Jackson Smith and Jigba, George Pickens, and Zay Flowers have all shined to solidify their standing as upside wide receiver two plays. JSN we actually have as a top 12 option, and it's easy to see that he's a real deal. But for some young players that 
maybe haven't shined this season that we still believe in. The top of the list would be Jahan Dotson. The offense with Sam Howell under center simply didn't play through the wideouts with both Dotson and Terry McLaurin disappointing in terms of production, but Washington should have a new quarterback and a new offensive system in 2024. And ideally, Dotson would be moved around more and also used more in a vertical role as well as in the slot to increase both his floor and ceiling. So he's a perfect by-low candidate heading into the offseason. Another second-year wideout to invest in would be Jamison Williams, who has seemed to get on the same page with Jared Goff down the stretch and also has been used more on non-vertical routes. So despite the limited production so far through two seasons, we have Williams as an upside wide receiver three that can have the fantasy production catch up to the real-life value he provides. And then two rookies I would like to invest in are Marvin Mims Jr. and Jonathan Mingo. For Mims, he was talked up quite a bit by Sean Payton and others throughout the season. Never really resulted in much production, but he's similar to Jameson Williams as someone that could break out when he is able to refine his game a little bit more. And I'm sure Payton will have an increased role for him in mind for next season. So Mims is an exciting investment. And for Mingo, the hope would be that a new coaching staff puts him in a better position to have success, but he's someone I really liked coming out of Ole Miss, and I think using him more in the slot would increase his outlook. The other young wideouts to invest in that I believe are undervalued include Romeo Dobbs, Rondell Moore, Charlie Jones, and hopefully with a better situation, Hunter Renfro, but also for a veteran option that will be undervalued most likely both in redraft and dynasty leagues, coming off a torn ACL and another major injury for him but Mike Williams, it'll be interesting to see if the Chargers hold on to him considering the cap situation they find themselves in, but he remains a mega talent that just needs to stay healthy and can provide legitimate top 15 value whenever he's on the field. And at tight end, we have Dalton Cade as their top option at the position. He hasn't had a record-breaking campaign like Sam Laporta, but he's up to 66 receptions on the season heading into week 18. And remember, tight end is a position that often takes some time to fully break out at. And we had Kincaid as our number three overall prospect in the 2023 class, and he should soon be a superstar catching passes from Josh Allen. But right behind him, we have Kyle Pitts. That might be an unpopular opinion considering his production through three seasons, but he still has the ability to be a monster. And it sounds like Atlanta might get a new coaching staff next season, which could set him up to be a featured player with the skill set to be a guy that goes for 1,000 yards and 10-plus scores across multiple seasons. And even if Atlanta didn't get a new coaching staff, they'll almost certainly get a new quarterback, and that alone could unlock Pitts' ceiling. And finishing off with a current rookie and a soon-to-be free agent, first Michael Mayer. He's the most productive tight end in Notre Dame history and has an all-around skill set that should make him a key part of the offense no matter who the coaching staff is next season. And Noah Fant is set to hit free agency for Seattle. And he profiles as someone that could take off in a new situation. I might have mentioned in a previous week, Washington is someone that comes to mind as the Seahawks rotate their tight ends too much for him to have big production. But he's still young, has really good speed, and has proven dating back to his time at Iowa that he can be a factor in scoring territory. So he's another player to keep an eye on the landing spot and hope that he becomes more of a focus on a new team in 2024. So that will conclude this episode. Again, if you're still playing in week 18, we'll be updating our rankings through Sunday morning. And feel free to reach out with any questions this week 
or throughout the offseason. Until next time, Happy New Year, and thank you for listening. I'm Dylan Spien, and this was a Fantasy Conciliary Podcast. <laughs>